This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Harrison comes left inside of him, and now in motion is Bolden back to the right. Back and hand it off again, running right, and just pulling his way down inside the one, and the pile will push him into the end zone. Touchdown, Oregon State. This is Dirt and Sprague. There it is! Upsets Oregon in the 126th edition of the rivalry game. The Beavers 38, Oregon 34. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. And so I am delighted to introduce Ken Dillingham as the new head coach of Arizona State Football. Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader. 1080, the fan. Good morning. Happy Monday. How we doing? How we feeling? What is happening? Not feeling great, Bob. Not feeling great. (laughs) Not feeling great. I guess when you get a head coaching gig, you go from Kenny to Ken. We have to call him Ken Dillingham now, like he's like 39 years old and not 32. He's going by Ken. He shortened the name. Can you change your? Can you shorten your name at this point of your? I mean, he's in no. his thirties. No, you can't. You went by Kenny Dillingham at every other stop. Now you're Ken. That'd be like you going from Andy to Andrew <laughs> right now. You're like, I need to be called Andrew. I'd like to be called Andrew the rest of the show, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> As I get ready to warm up my vocal cords and sing a stupid song. La 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 la. la. Oh God, it's gonna be bad. We yeah. I mean, we'll we'll get the song thing figured out. I. I don't know what to do with that. I don't. Maybe listeners just give us all the song suggestions, and then I'll pick the ones we like, and then we'll... well, from if I remember correctly from past bets, what we did was you picked a couple. Yeah, uh, I think we allowed the loser of the bet to throw one in there. That's yeah, that's fair. That they would want to sing yep. listener suggestions, and then I'll draw. I draw one out of a hat, or you draw one out of a hat, and that's the song that we sing. Now it doesn't have or to I be. Sing. It does not have to be holiday based. No, it does not. You just happened to yeah. pick a holiday-based song last yes. year and sang a great rendition of Santa Baby. I don't know about great. It was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Santa Baby. Made my skin crawl. It's very seductive. Uh, yeah, it was very seductive. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got like goosebumps, man. You know, hair standing up on the back of my neck. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we have a lot to get to today. A lot. I, I do want to... Just add one more thing, because we'll hear from old Ken Dillingham later. Did uh, You didn't see his press conference, but I, I did, and it was uh, very uncomfortable. 
Yeah, talk about being unplugged, a little behind the curtain. So this the game ended, and I was not feeling great. Obviously. Uh, it was not a, not a happy ending for, for me and my brethren. It was not a Robert Kraft. It was not a Robert Kraft, yeah. no. Um, and so I, I needed to get out of the house. Like, I was like, I just got to gotta get out. I got to go for a walk. I got to do something. Like, I just need to go clear my head for a bit. And so the wife and I, t- the wife and I took the dog for a walk. And as I'm taking the dog for a walk, uh, uh, Buck sends me a text. It was like, hey, do you want to come on the postgame show? And I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Sure, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll come on the postgame show. Why not? I get home, and then my next like stage of grief is I'm going to start eating my feelings away. And We had all sorts <laughs> of leftovers in the fridge, so I just start heating up like crazy amounts of food, and I'm like pounding it into my gullet. What's the wife doing in this? Uh, at that point, well, she went for the walk, and we had an enjoyable walk. She's not really talking Not really much. talking. No, just, not, yeah, okay. you know, just kind of going with the flow. Okay. And we got back. She went and sat back down on the couch, and I was just standing in the kitchen, not quite ready to watch Notre Dame USC yet. Right. And uh, But I knew I didn't want to be anywhere near my phone because it was a cesspool, and I didn't want to look at anything going on in my mentioned so i didn't want to touch it <laughs> and so then all of a sudden i get the call for the post game show and i hadn't been on twitter i hadn't seen i put my i sent my tweet at the end of the game put my phone down didn't even look at it mm-hmm. and jordan who was producing the post game show said a line to me as he brought me on like god just like last year huh and i'm like yeah <laughs> i had no clue what he's talking about but no you just said yeah i just said yeah no clue i was like okay and then they tell me during the interview hey so right after the game it's announced dillingham's going to arizona state no i had no clue and i, I, I went for the, i went with the flow because i'm a professional but i had not looked at my phone i had not seen that news report did you I, I caught the end of your hit did you admit on the air that you hadn't known that prior? no i did not no oh, okay. i'm a professional <laughs> and uh oh, we, <laughs> we glanced right over that and just we just you just kept rolling. Well, when you said that, I figured it's like, all right, something must have happened. Like maybe the here. way Mario's season ended and he's <laughs> yeah. not playing as well. I was, I was like, something something happened here. There's sure. something. And then they brought it up in the interview and I'm like, ah, yeah, that makes sense, Dilly. Way to wait, huh? Way to let the wound settle. Thanks, buddy. So a couple things, Jordan. I don't know about you, but when he said when his the game ends, he sends the tweet, he puts his phone away because it's a cesspool, and then he proceeds to then walk. I don't know about you, Jordan. But I'm just kind of delighted in the mental image of picturing dirt walking along the water in Selwood and the leaves are blowing and he's pondering life with his hands in his jacket. Like, what is this? It it was a sad walk. It was a very sad walk. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. The sad music. Cue the sad music. Jordan <laughs> singing in the background as he's following dirt. And I try and kick a rock, but I miss it. Good. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! That I get even more upset. And you just grab the rock. Yeah. And throw it in the river. <laughs> Drown, rock. Drown. Point, lady. They can't throw. They can't throw the football. Everything's fine. Everything's going fine, guys. Everything's all right. Everything's all right. I had a delightful little Saturday. Oh, I bet you did, Bob. Watched the game at a Duck fan's house. His entire family was chastising me at a 13-year-old in my ear. Yeah, 31 chat. <laughs> what do you got to say about that? Like the kid in uh, Four Christmases body slamming their uncle. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, why don't you Google me? Google me, bitch. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. And I, I did not say anything. They scored 31, and I went, I, look, I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit to you. I thought that game was over. Everybody thought the game was over. I tweeted as much. I said 18 might as well feel like 100 with no quarterback. Every Beaver fan that was that was uh, doing their happy dance on Saturday night sent out a tweet at that yeah. moment saying the game was the game was over. I, I have, it was honestly, over. I we should have stopped playing. Why didn't we stop the count? Where was Trump when you need him? Stop the count. <laughs> 
God, no more votes. It's over. I know Trump is a very divisive individual. <laughs> it would have been funny if you tweeted out a photo of Trump and just said, stop the game. At 3117. <laughs> 30, no, 3110. 3110, yeah. Uh, call it. Call it. If this is Little League, you call it. There's a mer- there's a mercy rule. Come on. Running clock. Let's go. Running clock. End the game. But that 13-year-old, his dad gifted him a, one of those uh, four-screen older uniforms they wore like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. He's wearing number 20. He has no idea who number 20 is. <laughs> And he's talking all this s, and then they blow that lead. And I, I didn't say, I didn't make any observations out loud until right now. I did note that when Oregon State did it, the game's over. He disappeared for like an hour, and yeah. he's a real diehard sports fan. He'll talk trash. He'll text me stuff about baseball. Mm-hmm. But when things don't go well. He strikes me as very emotional, upset. <laughs> what thirteen-year-old is it? I mean, I was the like, same way. I was throw the controller, thirteen-year-old. I, you know, like you yeah. losing video games yeah. to your brother, kind of thing. Like I'm, I'm breaking something. Yeah, you know, I don't take losing very well. Right. Nobody <laughs> did at thirteen, but it was just funny. Like he was in my ear after they were blowing Oregon State out, and then I noticed he disappeared for about an hour after the game, and then he had kind of come down. To eat, and he looked he looked like a wreck, and I thought, oh, your first heartbreak, buddy. That's a good lesson for a kid to learn. Yeah. It like reminds me of being a 10-year-old kid watching the Blazers blow a lead in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Mm. Like, those are, those are hardening moments of your life. They toughen you up, and they let you know that, you know what, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows no. out there, okay? There's going to be a lot of lows in your life, and you got to learn how to live through them and handle them. I watched that in a trailer park in Stevenson, <laughs> Washington. And I never wanted to murder somebody in my family until that day when my uncle was like, well, I guess they blew that way, didn't they? <laughs> Shut it, Uncle Greg. It's really bad timing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they will. What I was going to observe, though, with the Dillingham stuff, with Ken Dillingham now, Mm -hmm. 32 years old, youngest Power 5 coach. Yeah. I I know that this is the nature, all right? This is the nature of the beast, and he is not different here. We said it last year. Mario was negotiating that contract with Miami a month before the season ended. (laughs) Yes, he was. I I, I know that. I'm telling you 100%, that dude... To a certain extent, you get to the contract negotiations. You can't balance these two. It's really difficult. You have to sign off on it. Your agent will call you and say, hey, these guys want to hire you. Are you interested? And you got to say yes or no. And he did. He and said, he as, said soon yes. as, as soon as he saw Herm, uh, he said, oh, I, that's when I realized like I could go home. Mm-hmm. And then he, in the same breath, goes, but, you know, I'm all, I'm all in with my guys, right? Like, he tries to talk just like Dan Lanning, by the way. He does the right thing after every sentence he gives. And it it doesn't come off quite as genuine and Dan Lanning-esque. It's like, your name's Ken Dillingham. Stop. But what I was noting is, even though it's not unique and it's not different, because I think Mario got his ass kicked in the Pac-12 title game and yes. basically hopped on a bird to Miami and then did that weird Zoom press conference with the Oregon sh- like half jacket with on. Bob Stoops for the Alamo Bowl and yeah. didn't answer any questions was like oh, I'm be- he looked like a hostage <laughs> in like a terrorist state where he was like being forced to say something on camera and Bob Stoops is just throwing rib shots hey have fun recruiting Mario oh I loved that that was <laughs> the best shots. he knew he was gone but the, the nature of college football can we just acknowledge 
it is a dirty ass business where that guy coaches in that game. They blow that lead, they lose it, and he just puts on his normal clothes and goes to the Corvallis Municipal Airport. Catches on a jet. And just hops on a bird and goes to ASU. All right, well, bye, guys. See you later. And, like, again, I know he is not unique here. This happens all the time with coaching hires. It's just got to be an odd look and feeling from your coworker and your player's standpoint to see you go from, hey, like, your arms around Bo Nix at the end of this game and now you're on. You're not even going to twelve hours later. You're yeah. You're not even going on the bus to go to Eugene with us to console us for the hour drive to Eugene. It's right. like straight to the airport in Corvallis, Oregon, to ASU. It's just a dirty business. It's such a dirty business. Well, it's one of the reasons too. I like pointing out like I, when players transfer, they they tend to catch a lot of flack. Oh, quit on his team. Oh, he's not a team guy. Is this really a character guy you want in the locker room? And when coaches leave, it's like, well, it's a great opportunity. I mean, how can he turn this down? It's his dream job. And it just it cracks me up. Like they're they're the same. You quit on your team in either way, and that's some people are okay with that. I don't blame Dillingham at all for taking the job. The optics of it were horrible. Yeah, and especially I mean, there's a million things to get to with that game, but he had a he had a horrible game, horrible. I mean, the first fourth down call they call that little pop pass fly sweep that had already gotten shut down on second down. It's a terrible play call. Didn't know that that play call was what? with with everything that you did wrong to lose that game. And boy, oh boy, was that a long laundry list of things. Yeah, you had the ball with two minutes to go at the five yard line, going in with a chance to take the lead after everything that you had done wrong. And from the five yard line, you called jumbo package run, jumbo package run, jumbo package run. That picked up what two two yards, maybe three yards. OSU was ready for it, <laughs> and like because that's the only thing they do out of that package, and they're doing it from the five yard line. And then it's a Bo Nix, let's roll him out right, and he can't really move that well, and yeah. try and throw back across. Like that was a horrible sequence of play calls. And so to have all of that transpire, and then like forty minutes after the game, hey, by the way, peace, I'm out of here. That 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 one hurt. That that was salt in the wound. Yeah. Um and now he's gone. He's the ASU coach, so he Oh he did. for sure he did. did. He, he absolutely gone. did. Yeah. I mean, that program's in disarray. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm not, I I don't want to play, you know, hindsight here and, oh, Oregon lost, so here comes this this random opinion. It's going to be interesting to see them next year and who he gets in the portal at quarterback because that offense ain't humming if you don't have Bo Nix, right? Like, Bo Nix, even though he came up short on a couple plays, that dude had a hell of a year, Mm -hmm. hell of a year. Turned his reputation completely around. He was in the Heisman race until like week eight, week nine. And if you don't have Bo Nix, like that offense just ain't humming. So like, it's it's just going to be interesting to see what he does at ASU year one because you know he's going to hit the portal. He's going to bring in a quarterback that he's eyeing, and we'll see what that offense does because I just and I know this is easy to say now, but if you don't have a Bo Nix quarterback, you're you're only as good as who the QB is. Unless you're Oregon State, then you don't need a quarterback, and you just run the football every play. <laughs> you just run with ten guys on offense. Just leave them on the sideline. We don't even need you. I have a, I have, we, we have a lot to discuss today. There's a lot to get into from the Oregon side, from the Oregon State side, to the game itself, to where these two teams go now with bowl games. 
We have the USC stuff with Notre Dame. UW putting up a 51-burger. I turned that game off with two minutes to go. I'm like, all right, they're just going to run the clock out. I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I wake up. I'm like, oh, they scored again. How about that? Another tutty. Golly, man, their offense was humming at the end of the year. They're Rose Bowl bound. I mean, I'm just assuming USC is going to beat Utah because Utah's yeah. Cam Rising's hurt. And, you know, I know Utah slacked Colorado, but I just feel like USC kind of has that swagger going, the momentum. And if Utah loses, I, I think the Rose Bowl is definitely calling UW. Yeah, 10-2. Yeah. I, would, I would make that argument. And, you know, UW, Ohio State. I think UW, based on what I saw with Michigan, UW can win that game. <laughs> well, also, does Ohio State, I mean, does Ohio State even care about playing in that game? Like, that's the tough part when you get Probably programs not. that are big-time programs. I mean, they had half, they still ended up beating Utah last year, but half right. their damn team sat out that game. Yeah, they did. C.J. Stroud's not going to play. That dude's going to the NFL. He He's shouldn't gone. play. He's not going to play. So, I mean, you're going to have that again, where mm. you're going to have half the roster that doesn't even show up to play in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, we have a lot to get to. Let's get it going. Uh, Jordan might need some vindication on the air for an opinion he shared and got absolutely destroyed for us. We'll see what he thinks about that. We'll hear from Lanning. We'll hear from Parker. We'll hear from Smith. We'll hear from Jerry Allen. And we got a couple cuts uh, from Lincoln Riley and Kenny Dillingham. Loaded show, a lot to get to. Dirt and Sprague, thanks for being in on this Monday. Let's get it going on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. There's an old man sitting Yeah, Jordan gets what I'm saying here. One of our uh, P1s. Sends a picture of Michael Scott in the coat at the park, sitting on the swing, yeah. contemplating his life. That was dirt after the Civil War. That was me. That was me. And I, my, oh, go ahead. I got a uh, like 15 minutes after the game. I think <laughs> I think the wife looked up and said, "Are you going to talk to me now?" <laughs> 
No! Leave me alone! My wife was like, hey, I watched the game this year. I was like, great, we're in the same room. Good to know you didn't fall asleep. Hey, you want to go have sex now? I feel great. <laughs> I mean, that might as well have been sex for me. Doesn't happen often, but hey, when it does. You enjoy it, baby. You two enjoy times it. in 18 years, huh? That's a good question. Do Duck fans want to have sex after that game? No. Wifeys are like, hey, hey, no. babe, you ready? No. No. no well, I mean, let's not no. get crazy here. Man. Yeah, right? It's like, you, how bad do you actually feel <laughs> to turn the wife down? And, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit different there. Hey, welcome to the show, Jordan. Thank you. I think my mic's working. I think we're all good now. Can good you Lord. hear our producer, 503-250-1080? Yeah, apologies to that. Good there was a, a button that was hit, and he was talking, and we thought he was on the air, and turns out we had silence as we were responding yeah. to silence. So We could hear every mind. word you were saying. It was great. You missed some really good content. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> um, we have a lot to discuss. I, I, I want to get this out of the way now, bright and early, because it's the only – it's really like – as back and forth as that game was, it's probably the most negative thing I'm going to say all day. Okay. Whoever in the athletic department for Oregon State okayed cowboy hats to be commissioned via Toyota dealership sponsors, <laughs> you should be suspended from your job for two weeks. That was really bad. That is an egregious decision. We are not Oklahoma State. There is already another OSU that exists with black and orange, and they're quite literally called the Cowboys. And you dumbasses thought it would be a good thing to put cowboy hats in the in the bleachers. It's my one negative. Uh, look, I have a lot of negatives with OSU with quarterback play and what this team could have been and what they were, and it was a great year. This is far and away the most egregious thing that happened at Oregon State all football season. And whoever okayed that needs to look in the mirror, and they need to reevaluate their okays because okaying that was egregious. It was an embarrassment. And I was quite literally ready to throw that entire sponsorship <laughs> campaign under the bus for the reason they lost that Civil War game because that was a disaster and an embarrassment. I saw it pre-kick, and I thought, are you effing kidding me? We're doing cowboy hats at a Beaver game. I don't care that they're a rural school and that a lot of their fans live in the country. I'm well aware of this. I lived in Corvallis for five years. <clears throat> But we're not doing cowboy hats. Stop it. And whoever okayed it, shame on you. That's my only thing. Thank you. That was it was really embarrassing. That was that was it was I, I saw those pregame because I think one of our P1s tagged us in a tweet. Uh, otherwise I wouldn't have seen it. It came from the OSU account, like, hey, something right something waiting for you, students. Here we go. Get game day. You're like, wait a minute, are those orange cowboy hats? Why? They're the Beavers. Why would they end up cowboy hats? There's no connection. There's no relation. And it's really easy. Like, if you want to do a giveaway, just, like, do towels. Give everybody a big orange towel that they can wave around like you do at a baseball playoff game. Or give them a, an orange Beaver T-shirt that has a Toyota logo on the back of it. Like give them a, a hard hat. A hard hat. There I mean, you go. Hard hat. Yeah. Anything. Hand out little little plastic uh, uh, ch- chainsaws. Yeah. Do that. Whatever you want. You can do your little and then your seat. Like, that is the very easy answers here. Yeah. Cowboy hat, whoever came up with that, is has, has no connection at all to the university. That's the only None. answer that I could think of. And it's, it was somebody at the company or somebody at, like, an advertising firm or marketing firm. It's like, ooh, I got a great idea. Why don't we do cowboy hats? And there was nobody in the room to be like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to do some digging post-show. I, I'm going to text some people. I, wanna, I want answers. <laughs> Where I want did this come from? Yeah, I mean, look, I know we won the game, but I want answers to this stupid campaign that they did. That being said, I, I caught the end of the, the pre-pre-game show. Yeah. With uh, Dirt, Dusty, and Anthony Q. We killed it on the pre-pre. Which, by the way... 
Is there a better high and low than going from winning state title to losing to team you hate and team you call, quote, little brother? Like, no, Anthony no. Newman had a wild little 48-hour run there. He did. He did, yeah. But I, I caught the end of it, and then I catch the beginning of Jerry and Jorgie. And we had Jerry on last week, and we, you asked him about the rivalry stuff, right, the name of the rivalry. And him and Parker, of course, were going to punt because they work for the school and they don't want to get caught in hot water. But Jerry on the broadcast is like, <laughs> Boy, you know, Jorgie, I've been calling this the Civil War for I don't know how long. And and then Jorgie's like, yeah, Jerry, I don't know. And I just laughed. I'm like, I told Jordan this pre-show. I really believe this. I might be wrong, but I really believe it. I, I think we're going to go another year. Nobody has a name. Everybody writes an article about what this, this is what you call it, and then nobody agrees with it. We're going to go two years, no name. I think they're going to create some coalition that, like, donates to the right causes and also gets the okay to go back to the Civil War. I really do believe it. Because people are – ESPN was calling it. Everybody labels this – it's not lost its name. I think we're already there, to be honest with no, you. No, I know we Just are. Just not locally. Nationally, yeah. everybody still calls it the Civil War. And I think locally is what I'm saying. I think the schools will announce something. I, I could be on this and they try to announce It's the Civil War. It, you cannot change that name. It's been that for too long. In my opinion, way overreactionary move by them to do it when they yeah. did it. One of the people involved in that decision has moved to the state of Florida, so it's just like, <laughs> I, how involved is he really? Can we send him an email? Hey, can we use that name again? So I, I hold the take, but I think in two years they're going to rebrand and go right back into, all right, it, you guys are right. It's a civil war. Both fans want to call it that. Here we go. It, it felt like this year was back to everybody outside of the the main ESPN broadcasters and the two universities called it the Civil War. And you could tell the broadcasters on ESPN, like Fleming wanted to say Civil War a couple of times, oh, yeah. and he ended up just going like rivalry game. But every time they toss to a, like, hey, score update on another game or let's send you back out, like here's Matthew Berry in the studio. It was like, all right, back out to you guys at the Civil War. Or every tweet from a national college football writer was, crazy things going on in the Civil War. Yeah. Oregon's got a lead. Oregon State's coming back. Like it felt like this year we got back to the point of it just was the civil war, and it's it's okay. We'll we'll all survive. Yeah. So hold the take. Could be wrong, but I mean everybody's calling it that. It's never lost its name. People have no. responded to tweets for two years now. Like this is dumb. It's ridiculous. Right. But the two schools agreed to this, and I I think in two years or so, I think they're going to go back to it. I have no sourcing on that. This is just me spitballing out loud. And my takeaway is everybody still calls it that, and I, I think eventually they'll figure something out and they go back to it. Nobody's going to come up with a good name for it. No. You're not going to call it the big game. Ohio State-Michigan goes by that. Like, you know, I read Orm's piece was fun. They're not going to call it the, what did he, the Sasquatch? Or it was the Bigfoot Bowl or something Bigfoot like that. The Bigfoot Bowl. Like, that's fun, but, like, nobody's really going to do it. Nobody wants to call it the Platy Bowl like we want to. <laughs> no. Nobody has a name that's going to stick outside of that name. So I think that's what it's going to be. Let's get to some things with the game, though. Let's start diving in. We'll get to the Apple Cup today. Uh, we'll get to USC. They're going to the Pac-12 title game. Can they get to the playoff? I, Mike Greenberg had an embarrassing tweet this weekend. God, I, it was bad. I, 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 I'm, I'm to the point where I don't care in my career if I get blocked or canceled from certain companies. I just don't. I had to I had to call out Mike Bring, Mike Greenberg. <laughs> did you did you go at Greenberg on Twitter? I didn't even say anything. I just responded with Mr. Rogers clown putting a mask on. <laughs> so, that was an embarrassing tweet by him. There was a lot of bad tweets, yeah. Um so we'll get to that. Some of the big bowl uh, rivalry games that happened, the Michigan Michigan Ohio State game obviously was very interesting. Uh so a lot to discuss. Let's get into the football game itself. Dirt and Sprague back with more, but first, 
Jordan with a sports update. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. We've got to get Dirt to sing a song, so what song should Dirt sing to pay off our Civil War bet? 503-250-1080. Any and all song suggestions are welcome. We don't know which one we're going to pick. I have the voice of an angel. Some call me the songbird of my generation. Boy, that's what they say about Jordan, too. Yeah. Maybe you guys should do a duet here. Yeah. I can use somebody with an actual voice to sing with me. Although, to be fair, Jordan did say this season was a failure. and (laughs) Now he's right. Now he's right. Jordan went from, like, hated guy to rooting against his own team on Saturday because he wanted an opinion to be correct. How about that, huh? He wanted your opinion to be right. No. 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 He he always wants him to win. Um, Boy, I'll start here with the game. Before we get to the blown lead, the officiating was absolutely an embarrassment. It's Pac-12, baby. Do we expect anything less? Wow. I I have a quick question. Why did the broadcast suck so much? (laughs) Uh, Rod Gilmore? Yeah, but, you know, I kind of just felt like in general. Like, I'll give the Ducks credit on one uh, one of the third down plays they picked up. Thornton's catch. We only got one quick replay on that. And then they moved right on. That was the, the yeah, end of the first half. They went hurry up, and they showed one replay on ESPN. I, I have no clue if he got that or not. I don't either. It looked, it looked pretty damn close and reviewable. But, like, that was one of many instances where I was like, dude, what, 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 what are we doing? Yeah, that was a big play on that That's drive. a huge play on that drive in yeah. the moment. Yeah, they just they rushed up, hiked the ball. And you got to get either got to call a timeout. I don't know if OSU had any left at that time. Uh, or it has to be buzzed down from the booth. And they're, they're probably looking at it, going over it. And by the time Oregon hikes the ball, there's already a play run or none you can do. Well, and then Oregon gets the go-ahead score to go into the half. And 
they get the ball back. Like it's a momentum feel, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh crap, Oregon's ahead, and then they get the ball back. And well, it all came together too because it was after the third and fourth down calls. That drive was the following drive from that, and I thought that was the moment they kind of seized control of the game. I mean, to go ninety-five yards and score as the half basically is expiring, that was huge. And then they were going to get the ball to come out of the, the to start the second half. They of course went three and out, but then got the pick that set up the touchdown. Uh, but that felt like a huge momentum swing stretch in that game. Well, and and also the. Martinez run deep in the end zone territory in Oregon's territory that you know was on the the third down and fourth down situations like fourth down is a great clean stop by Oregon's defense that was an that was an amazing stand by them high snap helped a little bit high snap definitely helped there's no doubt like as soon as you saw the snap you're like, and then Oregon was able to get the pressure and stop it I, I'm baffled by the third down refereeing there like even if you think it's short that's fine. I, I said this to my buddy. I'm like, I don't think that was a first, but where his knee was in accordance to the ball, his knee was on the five. The ball is ahead of that, even if it's a little short, and they mark the ball back, and then Oregon clearly stopped him. They stopped him at the five. The line the of scrimmage same is the five. yard line. And they had to measure it? They measured it twice from the same yard line, like the, <laughs> like, the, like the line had moved. What are we doing? That was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. I, obviously, for Oregon State fan, not funny. You were pissed. It had every argument to be pissed. That was horrible officiating. That was the Pac-12 to a T. They called a bad spot on the field. Jonathan Smith rightfully challenged it. They didn't change the spot. Now, I was of the opinion, I'm not quite sure there's enough evidence to give him the first down. No, I, I don't. Like, that's uh, yeah. a tough, that was a t- just because of the angles that you had. And some of that gets back to the television crew and just not having as many cameras as you should. If it were a bigger game, there'd be more cameras, maybe it, a better angle. That pisses me off. It is yeah. a big game. It, yeah, o- I know. Oregon is fighting to go to the Pac-12 title game. That's a Power 5 conference who's probably going to send a team to the playoff. Oregon State, I get it. They're not going to a Pac-12. They're fighting for nine wins. Yeah, like I cannot. I hope that whoever they go to, I hope that they give more Fs in broadcasting their games than their current TV partners. Because I, I just thought the refereeing paired with some of the broadcast decisions, I just thought they didn't care, and I thought it was a secondary game to them. And I. I hate that, man, because there was a lot on the line for Oregon in that game. Yeah. And there is a lot on the line for Oregon State to win nine games. I don't care if they're going to a Pac-12 title game or not. That's a big deal. And this is one of the more historic rivalries just from a how long they've been playing it standpoint in all of college football. And they're out here like, we don't really need to show the replay. (laughs) We'll send Rod Gilmore. Don't worry about it. It'll be all right. (laughs) God. But, I mean, to have Jonathan Smith challenge it, them look at the replay and not move the football forward, it's, I mean, everybody on that crew should be fired. I I, I don't know how you watch that replay and don't see that the football was further than the five-yard line. Now, yeah. again, was it far enough for a first down? I didn't think so. But there's a different play call if it's fourth and two inches, and inches right. than fourth and right. a full yard. Yeah. Maybe they get under center, they quarterback sneak it, and they pick up the first down. Like it, it, There was a part of me at the end of the game that I'm thought, I thought, I'm glad that that didn't end up having a big impact. Like If Oregon would have scored on that last drive, for example, and maybe they get a stop on the next, they win the game 41-38. That would have been the sequence in the play that we all remembered and all talked about. And you never want that to be the case out of a game. Oregon State wins, so now it's kind of a funny footnote that we can laugh at. Pac-12 officiating is terrible. And they have, you know, they've said since the new crew took over, we're going we're gonna to be better about it. We're going to be, you know, put more resources into it. Nothing has changed. Nothing has improved. It's no. been horrible every week of the season. Every team has gotten the benefit of a horrible call. Every team has gotten screwed by a horrible call. It's just what happens when officiating is that bad. But that was one of the worst cases of it and the fact that that crew 
had their heads so far up their ass that they decided to remeasure the ball from the same yard line that they just measured the ball. The, the line of scrimmage was the five. It he was got the five. Stopped at the five, and they're like, "We got to measure." They, like, no, you don't. They He's measured it the short. first time. It was a yard short. He they put the ball down on the five yard line, and these bozos bring the chains back out. And at that point, you're just killing two minutes of unnecessary time. When like you, you are you that dumb? Did you not remember that you just measured this ninety seconds ago, and it was a yard short like that? That was that was a horrible stretch. I know of officiating. Some Beaver fan was ready to hold that Martinez play specifically if Oregon State did end up falling short in that game, and and I saw some of the complaining on Twitter, but I actually thought the PI calls were fine. Like he he's grabbing Franklin's shoulder. There's some arm tugging there. I don't like it. I wish he wouldn't have been so damn physical, but like those calls are fine. I'm just glad like fourth down. There wasn't a flag call. They very easily way. could have thrown a flag like, on that play. Oregon gets a touchdown, holding on Oregon or Oregon State PI flag. Like, just please, for the love of God, unless it's absolutely the most egregious thing, don't throw a flag. That ref, that white-hatted ref, the main one. I don't know about you. He doesn't look like him, but he's got real get off. The phone, dumb and dumber energy <laughs> when he talks, get doesn't he? Get off the phone. When he leans into the glass, okay. get off the phone. He's oh, got a lot you. of that energy, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, the only, the only one I thought they missed going the other way, they could have thrown a flag on fourth down. I'm glad that they didn't, though, because it wasn't enough to warrant one. There was contact on the on the play in the end zone, but on fourth down, like let him play in that situation unless he totally tackles him. Yeah, unless perhaps, he, yeah. You know, the jersey's stretched out right. by like a foot, and that's how much he's holding on to him I like that let him play on fourth down the game's on the line and you know Oregon couldn't make that play uh the only one that I thought they missed there was definitely a personal foul on Bo Nix <laughs> they they brought which, him wait, down which one which one this was it sometime in the first half they sacked oh, him it was on the fourth wait, and like 12 his helmet turned and they, they twisted the helmet he got screamed pissed. in his face yeah. he got up and yelled at the, he had a right to be pissed on that that was a that was a miss whether it's roughing the passer whether it's a personal foul and sportsman like yeah like that was something and they, they didn't call it the, the tough thing that on that play because I I don't disagree with you is I couldn't tell. I don't think that player for OSU has a reputation of being a little dirty. I couldn't tell. Is Nix's helmet, you know, guys don't put their mouthpieces. Is his helmet loose? Because, like, I don't think that kid's dirty. But the turning of the helmet didn't look good on replay. I'll tell you I that think it's much. The, it's the heat of a rivalry. We'll make you do things that you are you don't maybe normally do. I Bo Nix, I, I also said this to my buddy. I'm like, you're kind of lucky. Bo, Bo Nix came with like an inch of touching that ref, screaming at him. Yeah, he gets a little fiery in, in moments like that. But I mean, you touch the ref. I mean, that pff, goodbye. And yeah. I'm glad he didn't because I don't. I didn't want the game dictated <laughs> that way either. But yeah, joy. Just it. That rivalry felt good. It felt good on Saturday. I know the outcome wasn't what you wanted, but like I mean, that those, was an all-time classic game. It, it absolutely was. It's an ESPN instant classic. They've already classified it as such. <laughs> <laughs> and both those teams, I mean, you're going to go into next year. Boy, oh boy, they hate each other. Oh, it's 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 back. At least it's back now. It's like, oh, now we hate that team a lot. Yeah, I'll say this for Beaver fans: like you, the Oregon State has won what three since 2016. They ended their long losing streak in 2016, won the the COVID year, and then won this one. Uh, the piece of advice for Beaver fans: if you're going to pick a game to trash talk, this is the one. 
far oh, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 16 was one. It always sucks to lose your rival, but it got Mark Helfrich fired, and you're like, all right, that's kind of a good consolation prize. I wanted Mark Helfrich gone, and anybody with a brain knew that it was time to make a change, and Oregon did. Thankfully, the COVID year, I mean, we do that to every sport in COVID. It's not just an Oregon-Oregon State thing. When, when the Dodgers come up, what do we say about the Dodgers every time? Not a real title. Exactly. So yeah. we do that for everything, and ah, COVID year doesn't really count. There were no fans in the building. Players had opted out. Like, that season was just stupid, and I've honestly just tried to block it out of my mind. That's how dumb that year of sports was. I mean, this one, Oregon was a win away from a Pac-12 championship appearance. And maybe they win, maybe they don't. But going to the Pac-12 championship game, I think would make the fourth straight year that they would have done yep. so. That's a, that's a big deal, man. Um, and having a chance against USC on national television, like to, to be robbed of that and now be left with, what, what are you going to the Alamo Bowl? The holiday? I, mean, I don't even know where the hell they're going to end up going. But it ain't going to be the bowl game that Oregon fans wanted to go at the start of the year and half yeah. the team's going to opt out and not play in that game. And, I mean, that, that ended essentially Oregon season, and that was – that, that is a statement that Oregon State has not been able to make in quite some time. It's funny, and I, I, I'm well aware of where the state of the two programs are at and where they've been, but it is funny to hear you say that like that ended their season. Well, they still have a bowl game. No, right, they don't. But... Nobody cares. I know, I know that sounds er- like nobody cares. Well, I mean, even Oregon State, Rajon Wright announced yesterday, I'm going to the draft, and nobody's surprised by that. He, he, might, As he be, should. might be a day two kid. Um, I, I don't think he's playing in the bowl game. So it's like now Oregon State, who's had this great year, and they could win 10. We'll see where they go and who they play, but you've already got a key member of your defense going, eh, I'm getting ready for the draft. I mean, if Bo Nix is, is probably not going to play in the game, you're going to have a bunch of guys at the transfer portal. Your offense coordinator is already gone. Yeah. He's not coming back for the sure. you know, you know, uh, Foster Farms Bowl or wherever the hell you're going. Like, but like I, does Noah Sewell need to play in a no, bowl game? Noah Sewell will opt out. Like and, Half the team's going to opt out. Yeah. It'll be a freshman and JV walk-on scrimmage. and Ty Thompson's last hope. <laughs> this is your shot, Ty. Let's see what you got, yeah. buddy. I, I just there is a level of uh, like what Jordan said when they lost to Washington, I slightly disagreed with. Uh, I, just because he used the word failure, uh, but now that you get to this point when you're going to this kind of bowl game, like going to the Rose Bowl is still a huge deal. Going to a conference championship is still a big deal. Is it the top of the top? No, but it's still a great season. You lose this, and now you're going to a bowl game that nobody cares about. It it is. It's it's over. We'll all watch. We'll talk about it. I mean, I'll be here doing a pregame show, but. The interest in a Alamo Bowl is compared to a Rose Bowl is drastically different. I want to get to more of the game. Just what we let's dive into kind of some of the stuff that happened in this game because boy, it, it, as we mentioned, ESPN Classic one on Saturday. Oregon uh, loses a 31-10 lead. Oregon State comes back. They get the victory. We'll dive more into it next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. We'll hear from uh, Kenny Dillingham at ASU, Dan Lanning postgame. We'll pull a Jonathan Smith cut and hear from Jerry and Mike Parker. We will not talk about Oregon State losing to Portland State for the second time in two weeks in basketball because this is a post-football show, and uh, we're going to talk about that because that's the only Oregon State we recognize right now. (laughs) Uh, 8.24 in the third, Bob. 8.24 8.24 in the third. What's the significance of that, you say? Last pass thrown by Ben Branson in the second half. It was the fumble, wasn't it? Uh, no. I, Did he throw one after the Because they fumbled. I'm looking at this now, and Because the first drive of the oh, second yeah, half, yeah, they threw that, that It was a fumble. That was the Trayshawn Harrison yeah. fumble. Thank you. Yeah, that, that was the play. That was the last pass they had him throw. They didn't run it. They, they didn't pass the rest of the way. They, they ran, ran, ran. They have one drive of 75 yards. There's a lot to discuss with your defense and knowing, like, yo, they're, everybody and their mom knew they weren't throwing that football. 
I actually want to say this first. I thought your special teams let you guys down in a oh, big absolutely. way. They did. Not only did you have that dropped punt, which I'm still baffled that that was a drop. I don't know how you dropped that. You had a kickoff. I mean, you look at the – if you just go with that play-by-play on ESPN, you see these touchdowns by Oregon State, and you go, 36 yards, 2 yards, 28 yards, 3 touchdowns. Those were the yards they needed to get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And one of those, like the kickoff, Bolden gets – you know, he gets to the 48 on a return. Special teams really – the defense let Oregon down in the second half of that game. Special teams, in a big way, I thought, let him down as well. <laughs> Look, when you blow a 20-point second-half lead to a team oh, yeah. that can throw the football, you a lot let you down. Uh, and and I mean, pick your poison. You want to start with special teams? Let's start with special well, where, teams. Well, where would you start? You're an Oregon fan. I mean, it's where everything. would you start? It was everything. It was, it was coaching decisions. It was play calling. It was a defense that just quit for some reason. I don't like – Oregon State was moving the ball in the first half. They were running it somewhat efficiently. Oregon got the big stop. They got the help from the officials on third and fourth down. Like, But they they weren't a sieve defensively. The, the drive that, that made me pucker was the drive after it was 31-10. to 10. And you're like, all right, this game's over. I put my feet up. Everybody said it. Game's over. Oregon's going to win. Oregon State gets a kickoff, goes out of the end zone. You start on your own 25-yard line. They ran the ball four times and scored from 75 yards out in less than 90 seconds. Yep. The first run was from the 25-yard line. It was like a 40, 50-yard run. You're like, okay, well, now they're right there in territory. Then they picked up a 15-yard run, then a 15-yard run, then a touchdown. Like, you just stop playing. I, I, you, you're not great as a defense. You've been bad all year. You're not that bad. And they just decided to give up in that moment, and I, I don't understand it. You want to give Oregon State credit for being more tough? Do it. They absolutely were. They were the more physical team. They wanted it more in the end. Sorry to use cliches, but that's the only takeaway I can have. So it started there. Um, and then I, it's always an even pie of blame, right? Like the play calling was horrible on on fourth down early in the game. The play calling at the goal line was horrible. Uh, didn't give yourself a chance to score what could have been a go-ahead touchdown. Coaching decisions, right, in certain moments to go for it or not go for it came back to bite you again. But special teams was a big part of it. And that's the most frustrating thing about losing that game for Oregon is that you could just say, hey, if you only do like 85% of the stupid S you did in the second half, maybe you win the game. Like, not even to mention the fact that they didn't fair catch kickoffs for some reason. Where's the coaching on that? They had back-to-back drives. Talking about Oregon State needing short fields to score. That was a 31-17 game. Oregon State kicked it off. You decide to bring it out of the end zone. You get tackled, and there's a holding call. That drive started at the 8-yard line. You just gave up 17 free yards. Like, here, go ahead, take it. We don't need those 17 yards. You start at your own eight. You have to. Uh, that might have been the drive that they dropped the punt. Um, and then the very next time, you decide to bring it out. Or no, you didn't bring it out. You let the ball drop at you the one-yard line. You were going to call fair instead catch of just it catching like. it. Catch the ball. Yeah. And you get it at the 25. Like I, he thought it was going to bounce into the end which zone. Which there's no excuse for that. Just go catch it. Whether yeah. if it's anywhere close, if it looks like it might be one yard into the end zone or two yards out of the end zone, go catch it. It's a fair catch. That rule was put into college football literally to protect you so you can catch it and get the ball at the 25-yard line. And so special teams was a big part of it. But the reality is when you blow a 20-point lead yeah. to a team that can't throw the football, like there, there's a lot of stuff that had well, to go wrong. I saw a lot on both sides here. And I said this about Utah. I'm going to be fair here. Like Sometimes you win a game that you don't think you're going to win or even at one point you should win. You do need things to go your way. You just do. Mm-hmm. And Oregon State had those things go there. The Hudson kickoff is a great example, Dirt. I, I don't know why he didn't catch it. I I also was a little confused to the rule for a second. I thought if you put your arms out, which I thought he did, that even if you pick the ball up, it's like dead because they don't want 
physical contact with these guys. But then he started running. It's and, nullified, I think, once the ball touches the ground. Okay, that, thank you for clear. I, I assumed that, but like in the moment, I'm like, wait. I, and then he started running, and I, okay, there you go. You're, you're knocked back. If you would have told me on Friday's show that Ben Branson was going to throw for 60 <laughs> yards, have six completions, and throw two picks, yeah. there is, there's just not a, a version of me that exists that says, oh, yeah, Oregon State's going to win. No. There's not. Even if you give me the rush totals, I don't think that that's happening. And so the fact that they could do that with that kind of quarterback play, I mean, every time he threw the ball, I'm like, oh, my God. And then he throws the first pick, and I'm like, just throw the ball out of bounds, man. Or, oh, no, that was the one where I'm like, run. You could have got five, six yards on that play, and you feel like you need to throw for 15. You got to take what the defense gives you. Get five yards. Call call the next play. He was he was really bad on he Saturday. He wasn't good. The two it's, picks he threw were really bad. Picks. It's been my concern for weeks, and they were they played some lesser opponents. They play ASU. They kick their ass, and I'm like, yeah, he was fine. I wasn't confident in the kid, <laughs> and then he did what I didn't want him to do. And I'll give Lingren at least credit for this. He takes a lot of crap from Beaver fan. He is a good play caller. I'm glad he finally said, all right. I don't know if it's him or Jonathan, but somebody on the headset said, we're done. Hand the ball off. Hand it off. And we're just going to try to win the game this well, way. Well, that's where I go to that one drive, though, because it was the drive following that. I mean, it's 31-10, to 10, and Oregon State, you know at that moment, it said, we can't throw the ball anymore. We've thrown two picks. We just had a wide receiver fumble. Like, we, we can't do this. And they came out and ran the ball four times from 75 yards out and scored. If you just make them work their way down the field, you're eating up eight minutes o'clock. Or six, you know, like you could eat up a chunk if you just, here, we're only going to give you six yards of carry, and then we're going to tackle you. Yeah. So you go second and four, okay, first and ten. Okay, second and four, just make them work their way down the field, and you let them score like it was a fart in the wind. Just, okay, that was easy. Yeah, I, I, I want to get to more of this. Dan Landing in the post game. Dirt put up a poll question last night. Like, how do you evaluate this season for Oregon, and how about Oregon State? They win nine games. They have a shot with a bowl game to get to ten. Uh, as they win the uh, the game against Oregon on Saturday. So we have a little more on this, and then we'll get to the Apple Cup. USC is in the Pac-12 title game with a playoff on the line. Uh, Kenny Dillingham is in ASU, and, yeah, going to be a lot of Oregon-Oregon State talk today for obvious reasons. We still need song suggestions at the fan text line. Uh, one listener, Ryan, says we should just start a Christmas album with this bet. Okay. And so, like, every year the loser has to sing a Christmas-based song, and then we, like, the losing Christmas album or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> After 10 years of doing this. So maybe we'll do that as well. So song suggestions are welcome in the fan text line. But more on Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, hour number two, Dirt and Sprague on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.